Welcome back to another episode of Just Talk With Gabe. I'm here, my sidekick is here, and so is our guest, Mark Fajardo from Jive Duck. So, make sure you grab your snacks, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And don't forget, if you're tuning in on Anchor.fm, leave me a message. You may just be featured in an upcoming show. And check out our listener feedback to see who has already been featured. Mark, welcome to the show. We are glad that you could join us for an episode of Just Talk of Gabe. Welcome. Thank you guys for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for being on. Now, I know our listeners want to dive right into it, so let's get to it. While, okay, in, quarantine, while in quarantine, what is the one thing you've been missing? Uh, first, I miss you guys because you guys were in California. Um, and, uh, I miss going to Muay Thai class. Um, I, I love Thai kickboxing, also known as Muay Thai. I miss exercising on the regular and being with my friends at the gym because they motivate me and they push me, uh, and, and they, they, um, and, and I learned so much, you know, and honestly, ever since I, I started exercising regularly my sleep has has gotten better and i my what is it called my 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 digestion is so much better and i just feel my my muscles just tight you know i feel i feel a little bit muscular i still have the baby fat but <laughs> inside i feel really good and i miss you know being with my friends and having spontaneous trips to the movies and restaurants and yeah, yeah. I just want some food from the outside world. You mean my food's not good enough for you? With the microwave? Oh, well, that's my <laughs> secret. Yeah, the microwave. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. <laughs> no, actually, no, no, no. the other day she almost burned the microwave. Well, in my defense, there's there's a, in my little defense there, Mark. There was Tiffany, a tiny tiny. Huh? You're trying to cook the microwave? Was it a microwave for dinner? Well, it was a microwavable dinner. But what happened was, see, I have okay. a cute. I didn't see this teeny tiny piece of foil. And, oh, well, oh, oh, the plate was on fire. The plate was on fire. <laughs> so I'm standing there looking at it going, and it's not computing in my head. And I'm going, huh, that's a tiny fire. <laughs> <laughs> did did it make like a lightning crackling thing like you see in the movies? You know, like no, a mini not at all. It's just like the little poof of fire came out, and so Gabe's like, "The plate's on fire!" And I'm literally just standing there, and I'm like, "That's really on fire, huh?" <laughs> we put it out. Yeah. Moral of the story: we were safe. Moral of the story is I should not be allowed in the kitchen ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys yeah. That 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 is kinda scary and I'm glad yeah, that, yeah. that has happened, especially right now. But you That's guys true. Are that is true. That is true. You are the co owner of Jive Duck Studios. So tell us about yes. the company. Okay, so Jive Duck Studios started in either two thousand thirteen or two thousand fifteen. 
Uh, I don't remember because uh, it's just been <laughs> wonderfully, steadily busy. Um, so it started because uh, my buddies slash housemates, we, we, uh, we all used to work together um, teaching for an after-school program, teaching kids how to um, make movies. We, we taught multimedia. And, um, yeah, and after a few years, Dante and David, um, they decided to leave so that they could pursue, so that they can pursue more of their freelance work. And so, um, around the same time, uh, our fourth housemate, he decided to move out and we figured that we should turn that room, we should turn his room into a, um, into a studio. Uh, where we can do audition takings, mainly like audition takings. And so then, um, so then as we gathered up together and we, we would have meetings, we figured that, you know, we should just open it up to other marketing needs for actors to do headshots, um, design websites, you know, one sheets, logos, and, um, and, and whatever, whatever is needed and necessary to, um, to push an actor's career in the marketing, the marketing side. So we um, gathered up forces and we painted the walls um, white and we, um, what is this called? We, 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 we went shopping for, for like curtains and backdrop colors and all the things necessary to, to um, have a really good solid studio for it that would accommodate for headshots and, and audition tapings. And so um, thus, the birth of Jive Book Studios. Wow. Wow. Can you tell us about the name? Like, how did that came about? Yes, Jive Book Studios. Okay, so it, it wasn't entirely my idea. I just came in to the apartment one day. I saw David and Dante sitting on the couch, and they're like, hey, Mark, you like Jive Book Studios? I was like, yeah, okay, let's do that. But... <laughs> With their story, um, I, I think for, you know, I don't really remember. I think it was for a couple of days we were brainstorming some ideas. And we wanted to combine the Asian culture and the black culture because Dante is, he's black. David is Korean Chinese. I am Filipino. Filipino-American born here in California, in L.A. And Jerome, our fourth jive ducker, he He's from the Philippines, born in the Philippines, and he came here in 2010, 2010, 2011. Wow. wow. And so then we felt that, you know, to, to, to encompass us, our energy, our vibe, and, and our camaraderie, we wanted to combine something cool and comedic to represent us as a studio. So um, Dante uh, came up with um, combining the term, the lingo jive turkey, which was in the in black culture back in the 1970s i think it was in in in, the, in in new york um the new york streets i have no idea but um <laughs> jive turkey you know it's, it's like being a cool slick dude and right. and we substituted turkey for duck because apparently asians eat duck which i was not aware of maybe oh, wow. once during christmas when i you know peruse through a menu um, but, but yeah, so it, it was, it was all in jest, you know, there was nothing offensive for anyone outside of our world. It, this was more of like an inside thing, um, uh, that was part of our group dynamics as friends, you know? Yeah. So, 
besides Duck. And also, um, I forgot to mention that David, he, he designs a lot of logos. And in the pro within the process of coming with our name, he was trying to brainstorm some ideas of how to create a really cool design logo for us. And the the other reason why he chose the duck because of its its simplicity and and the cuteness that it embodies right. and that it is just simple to identify you know like the apple symbol um for um, yeah so um yeah that's the story that's interesting Oops. bless you are you allergic to me thank you yeah okay. yes, I, am. <laughs> yes, I, am. I know i'm like okay, <laughs> that's pretty interesting. But that's neat transition. Okay. That's neat transition. That's a great transition. Yep. How did your personal journey start? Okay, my personal journey into acting started yeah. in college. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do um, upon college. I, I mean, I didn't know what I wanted to major in. You know, and. And, you know, I would have some brief conversations with my, my parents um, and with my friends, and they're saying, you know, it's, it's the Internet age, and AOL is, you know, going to take over or whatever. So you should become a computer scientist, you know. And, and I did, um, what is this called? I did take, like, my first computer science class, and I did not like it. I got a D or a D plus, thank God. Wow. I, I was on academic probation, um, but, it, you know, I knew right then and there that it wasn't for me. Um, and a lot of my friends were artists, you know, and so they were, I, I wanted to be cool with them. I didn't want to feel left out. Um, also, at the same time, I was learning about politics, about um, racial, racial, uh, 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 what is this, the racial ignorance in America and, and the stereotypes with Asian Americans in in mainstream, made, in mainstream media. And that had ignited some fury in me because I wanted to make a change. I had all this energy and creative love to do something about it. And so then I, so at first I became a, um, I, I was a film, I was a double major with film and community studies in UC Santa Cruz. Community studies is the theory and practice of social activism. And my emphasis within that major was social documentary work. And wow. I wanted to major in film because I just love the, the artistic aspect of it. And so um, I, uh, I wanted to become a social documentarian. And, you know, I would tell my, my family, my relatives, and one of my professors had said that if you want to become a social documentarian, it would be as if you, you're going to get a suitcase full of money and you throw it off a cliff. It's all about the cause. It's not about the capital. You know, and I was like, you know, the hubris of my youth. Like, you know, I don't care. You know, I'm, I'm going to change the world. La, la, la. <laughs> you know? And, and I still do, by the way. I still do. Um, uh, what is it called? And so then, you know, it was still in the back of my head. You know, and, and my, my, I remember when my, my aunt had told me that, you know, Mark, I understand you want to do this, become a social, do social documentarian, but as you grow older, you know, you have to think about buying a home. Um, you know, if you want to start a family, you, you need to make money. 
you know? And so then it, it's still dug in the back of my head. But then I was like, okay, well, what if, what if I become a director? What if I make it as a director? At least I'll have some recognition. I'll have some sort form of power to create positive images of Asian Americans and, um, and, and be a creative at the same time, you know? And so um, as soon as I came back, from college, I moved back home to LA. I tried to interview with a whole bunch of ad agencies, post-production houses, intern here and there, be, become a PA for for whatever projects there was, and <clears throat> and it was just so hard to get a bite. I, I would not get hired yeah. to save my life. And so then, um, I what is this called? Uh, one of my buddies who was an aspiring actor, he had told me that, hey Mark, if you want to become a if you want to become um, a director, you should do some background acting so that you can learn the the terminology, the lingo, the flow, and the system of of production um, as, as a background actor. And so then uh, that day or that week, we both went to Central Casting in Burbank, and we registered to be background actors. And I I didn't really follow up in it because, you know, you have to call the voicemail, uh, the the hotline, um, and listen in to the, the character descriptions of what type of background actors they need. I never followed up with that. I probably called it once or twice. I was like, ah, I give up. I was very <laughs> lucky. Yeah, I swear. I was very lucky enough that they had called me um, five to seven months later. So October. We, we registered in October. November, December, January, February, five months. It took me five months that to be in SAG. So five months later, I remember that day too. I was reading a book by Robert Rodriguez, one of my favorite directors, and his book was called um, Rebel Without a Crew. And I was, I was just in a blissful moment, you know, because I was like on my way to become a really cool director. I got a call that day saying, hey, Mark, hey, are you Mark Fajardo? Um, congratulations. The director chose you uh, among 16 to be one of the multinational insurgents. Uh, would you like to accept the offer? We have wardrobe bidding um, tomorrow. And I was like, in my head, I was like, this is the Hollywood call. In my yeah. head, I was like, yeah. God, Hollywood called me, you know? I really felt like that. I was in bliss. And I was like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I, I'd love to, you know? <laughs> and so, yeah, they, they were saying for Iron Man. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, Iron Man? How, how, how is Hollywood going to pull off Iron Man, you know? Because, like, you, you only have reference to, like, X-Men and how valiant and, and, and romanticized this whole depiction of, like, hyper-masculinity is like, you know? And so then... I, I didn't care. I didn't care. I went on IMDb. I, I, I went on IMDb after the call and I confirmed that, you know, I was um I was uh, uh available for the wardrobe fitting. Went on IMDb and I looked up Iron Man and it said and John Favreau was a director. Um to, uh was it uh Robert Downey Junior was Tony Stark, Iron Man and, and um what what's your face? Um uh, who what's her name? Pepper? Pepper uh right. Oh boy, what's her I name? I forget her name. So do I. Yeah, we all know who, okay. yeah. we all know who you're talking about. Yeah. I just can't remember. Yeah. 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 Her. 
Oh, it's gonna bug me. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> and so um, I was like, wait, the guy in Central Casting said John Favreau chose me. He went to the Central Casting website, looked through a whole bunch, thousands of people, chose sixteen, and I was one of them. And I, was, I felt so, so special. You have no idea. And so um, I remember that day. I went to the to to um, what is it called? The Howard Hughes Studio in in it's off of Centinella, in um, I think it's the Marina del Rey, and. At that time, we didn't have GPS. GPS was not existent. Smartphones were not existent. I had my Thomas guide and a cell phone. Oh, no. I called time for that wardrobe. Oh, what was that? Yeah, this is like 2008, so I think there wasn't any back then. Yeah. GPS. Yeah. This was, uh, really? Um, no, it, this was 2000, shoot, 2007, I think. This was 2007. Wow. Yeah, this was wow. 2007. Um, I, you know, I I didn't know I didn't I, I'm embarrassed to say I don't know my geography in LA despite the fact that I was born in Richmond and I you know I had the Thomas guide I was like mom how do you get to Maria del Rey if I have to take side street it's like oh yeah you just go down um, you know Barham and you go down uh, uh, La Cucina, la 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 and then and I was on my way there you know I was moderately on time and then there was there was a, a a a fork in the road, and I was like, "Oh, mom!" You know, I called up my mom. I was I was so nervous. I felt so bad because I was I was I was angry. I was like, "Mom, I'm here. What? You told me to walk the direction, and then you like, the road. I'm And then she was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you just go down. Just keep going. Make a left. You know. Anyway, I get there on time. Awesome. And um and then I I remember you know I was I was so green I I didn't know I did not know anything about anything in the acting industry, and so then I I go to the the parking lot you know like I I, I go to Howard Hughes first off it doesn't even look like a studio it looks like a a giant dirt road with um what is it called the 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 thing where the giant space where airplanes um, oh, park like the inside. Air hangar. Airplane hangar. Like Airplane hangar. Uh-huh. It's not a hangar. They're, they're, the hangars are like way down down the road, you know, and it's like dirt road. So I'm like, where the heck am I? You know, I, I, I wanted to see like signs and like, like you know, just like flashiness. Um, and so then I park and then I get out of my car and then I go to like the first bungalow and it's probably like an accountant or like production designer um, uh-huh. bungalow. And I'm like, hi, my name is Mark Fajardo. I'm I'm here to be one of the multinational insurgents. And they look at me. <laughs> yeah, I, like I'm like Boy Scout. I'm Boy Scout, good boy, you know. And they're like, yeah, oh, oh, okay, you know, just uh, go down there, you know, find a PA with a walkie-talkie, and he'll he'll escort you um, to wherever you need to be. And so, you know, I get there and, and um, it was one of my first acting lessons, quite honestly, because we, 16 of us background actors, we were um, trying on the, the uniforms um, and we weren't multinational insurgents. It's such a PC way of, of, of calling us Middle Eastern um, terrorists. And so... Um, we were trying on their uniform, the, the costume, the wardrobe, and 
the prop guy was giving us our, our, our plastic guns and he put one on me and he's like, you know, and I'm just kind of like slouching lazily, you know, he's like, hey, the, when the director sees you, he, he's not going to choose you. Stand up, you know. You have to get into character. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yes, sir, yes, sir. <laughs> first, that was my first acting lesson. That was my first acting lesson. But anyway, um, long story short, I that was a, one of my, my, my biggest um, motivators to become an actor because it just got my curiosity going. And... Um, and I started taking class, and I lied to everyone that I was uh, that I wanted to to do acting because I, you know, I was telling everyone, you know, I majored in film, so I'm going to become a filmmaker, and mm-hmm. and I didn't want to waste my parents' money, you know, and and also deep down inside, I was very insecure. I was very insecure of how I looked. I thought if you wanted be, if you wanted to become an actor, you have to be tall, white, with a six pack, blue eyes, and blonde hair, and. Yeah. That that was my personal narrative, you know, but I somehow I ignored it. I followed my inner compass and I I went with what my gut was telling me, which was to take class, learn about acting, you know, dip your toe into the business here and there and awesome. just yeah. get familiar with vibes, you know. And so um, one thing led to another and, you know, I just followed my curiosity with hopping to different types of acting classes to cultivate my muscles and and my craft, and my style, and my voice, and, um, and you know, fast forward, here we are, and, like, I, I've accomplished much, and I'm very proud of what I've done, and, you know, I hope that I inspire people without knowing it. That's the best nice. part of being an artist, you know, so, yeah, that's, that's my story. Well, that's, that's, that's an awesome story. Yeah. I know Gabriel did some research on you. Yeah, apparently, so, so you studied acting at Clown School. Tell us about that. Yeah. Okay. Clown School. That was his favorite. I'm sorry. I was going to say that was his favorite point out of everything you've done after knowing you since what, 2015, 2014, I think is when we met you guys. After, and that was his, he's like, whoa, Mark studied at Clown School. That was his (laughs) favorite point out of your amazing resume. Gabe, that is so anticlimactic, but you know what? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Yeah. So it's it's not your typical uh, what what you think about clown, um, you know what you see on TV like circus, circus act or anything. Wait, but were uh, there the clown- any clowns? What was that? Were there any clowns there? No, no, no. Okay. No. This this is okay. So I I took the clown class because I was very inspired by one of my my buddies who who was um who, who took and studied a lot of clowns, uh, the art of clown acting um in in his college, and I, I saw one of his performances and I was just so amazed by it, you know, and I, I loved it, I loved it because um it was just so wacky and out there, you know. But um anyway, I I took it because it was it was. I don't know. It was just another calling for me. I just went with my gut and my curiosity. And clowning is actually, um, at least the, the clown class that I took, it was based on off of the improv, um, but not in the sense, you know, like UCB, Second City, or the Groundlings. It it really takes on, um, how do I, 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 for, 
I don't remember. I don't remember like the the wording of the approach, but if I had to describe it, mm-hmm. it, it was like mm-hmm. unleashing the five year old in me and resurrecting it and mm-hmm. playing with it and having fun using the different types of emotional emotional energy that's available to me, which is the which is anger, sadness, happiness, fear, um, whatever the colors of the of the rainbow are. And also it was a form of connecting with the audience and making the audience a part of your performance. So um, also what I've learned that it's it's really taken from bits of the vaudevillian, of of the vaudeville actors of like Charlie, uh, Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton and Harold Lloyd uh, of, of the silent film era in the 20s and how they were like the first clowns to oh. grace grace us with their comedy in Hollywood. And I, I, I love Charlie Chaplin and I loved his work because he's, he, he's one of my inspirations because he's a filmmaker and a great actor and a comedian, you know, physical comedy, um, physical comedian. And he, he not only directed and starred in his films, but he, he scored his the music to it, you know, like in all levels of artistry, he is um, something that I aspire to be like. Um, and also he's 5'5", five five, which is my height, you know, so I wanted to be like a Filipino Charlie Chaplin. That's pretty cool. Wow. You guys, I know you guys are, you know, jealous. You can't be four seven and a half, but that's okay. You're tiny. And you gave <laughs> You can do Gabe, anything, man. Actually, Gabe's yeah. almost, I think he's almost 5'5", five five at least. So he's tiny. His, his legs are, like, super long, so. Okay. You're so Dude, it does, You're probably going to go to 6, Gabe. I think, yeah, I think so. He's he's kind of long, and yeah. just kind of his arms and legs are really long. But the rest of them is kind of, like, compact, so I'm not sure what's going on now. I don't know. I'm, I'm distorted. I'm a Picasso painting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are beautiful and artistic, Mister. <laughs> Absolutely, so are you. That's that's really interesting about clown school. Yeah, I I didn't know that it would pull out so many different different pieces for an actor. I thought they were actual clowns, but yeah, because they that was yeah. one question that Gabe was really curious about. Yeah, he talked it, a lot about. You know, it, it, I have to say, it is one of my favorite, if, if not like my top three, because it really, because, you know, when you get into acting class, you have to obey these rules. Mm-hmm. In class school, you break them. There are no rules. It's just you, you and, and yourself and your imagination, you know, and, and it's, yeah. I know I could dive deeper into it, Um if you spoke to me five years ago, but I, I just, I haven't thought about it in a while, but it, it really, it really, it really loosened me up. It loosened oh. me up and it made me um, get into the sense of play. Um, but yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it is. If, okay. So if you could write the perfect role for yourself, what yeah. would it be and why? Um, and that is a really good question because I don't know why I'm not asking myself that. Um, I, I, 
I love I love uh, the role of Peter Parker. I would write the role of Peter Parker. Why? Because I'm a bit I'm a huge Marvel fan, and right, I right. yeah, and I you know my childhood dream was to be um, a superhero. I wanted to have like energy blast coming out of my hands, okay. or uh, fly across the the sky, or run really fast. You know. Um, right. But if yeah, if I had to write up a story, it would be like along the lines of Peter Parker. It, it would be like Spider-Man in into the 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 what is it called the Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse, yeah, yeah. But have a live action with a Filipino dude like me. Because I I love I love uh, seeing the thematics of hip hop and music in in that movie. It, it's such a good it's such a good animation. Uh, yeah, that, I love that. that ideal um story pretty cool out of all the roles that you've portrayed which one has been the one you've never forgotten um and i'm gonna count the the roles that i've that i've explored in acting class um okay i i remember doing this role um from the Elephant Man. Have you guys read the play of the Elephant Man? Never heard of it. I actually did. Yeah. I read it. Yeah. yeah, you gotta read it. It's so good. It's basically, it's like, um, you guys know Stephen Hawking, right? Yes. Right. Um, how much of a genius he is, but he he's crippled due to what is it? The the uh, A A L S. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's kind of like that, but I think this was based on a true story. Um, a man of deformity, he he was born, no, he was born normal, but as he grew up, starting maybe when he was seven years old or so, he started having deformity, um, and he started looking like an elephant. And people will call it like elephantitis, but it's not. It's, it's something else. I don't remember the name. The only thing that was beautiful physically about him was his arm. He has like the most beautiful right arm. And um, anyway, he, he grew up, um, and this was like back in, in, in the 20s or 30s or something. He, uh, I don't remember the story exactly, if he was abandoned by his parents and he, was, he ended up in the circus. Um, and, then, and then a doctor from a nearby hospital had adopted him and um, had studied him and basically became a father figure to him. And word got around about him um, because they started, the doctor started to learn more about the brilliance and the artistry in his mind. And uh, and he, he, he would basically be like the town, um, the, the, the town's genius. And then he became almost like a national popular human being. People would go to him and talk to him and just uh, um, confide in him because he would offer some sort of wisdom or, or um, I, I don't know, they, they just had a touching to his soul. And so then, um, what is this called? Um, and so anyway, I, I did a scene from him and I, I loved the way how, um, despite the deformity and the physical, the, the physical attributes, um, of what's termed as ugly, what the public would see him as ugly, 
the beautiful soul is what carried him and what attracted people to him, you know, and I, I think I always felt like that, or I always felt that type of sensibility that somehow I, there were times that I would feel very ugly, but I would hope that someone would look inside myself and see the true nature, despite, Uh you know, the, the, um, the shell that's on me, you know, and, um, I, I just, you know, I just, I really felt like I was in the scene and, and my, my acting classmates, um, applauded me and, and just like, you know, they said like, you, you did a really good job and, and, um, yeah, yeah. And I, I felt so proud of myself because I felt like I tapped into something that I never learned about myself. And I think that's what I love about acting is that I always learn something about myself, you know? Um, so yeah, that is. That's amazing. I think mm-hmm. I think all yeah. actors maybe at some point tap into a role like that where they see themselves by accident. I think that's right. pretty neat. Yeah, that is. Mm-hmm. That is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, we're going to take a little bit of a small commercial break. Is it time for a commercial break already? Yeah. Okay. Well, Mark, would you hang around and come back for part two? I would love to hang around, yes. Well, we would love to have you, so... Stay tuned, guys. We're going to listen to a work on our sponsor, and we'll be right back. Mm-hmm. Welcome back, people. Welcome back, guys. And if you have not downloaded the Anchor.fm app, do so today and start making your own podcast. All right, Mark, welcome back. Hey, welcome back. <laughs> Since we've all been in lockdown due to the virus, have you picked up on any new hobbies or things that you've well, okay, well, you know what I mean. Things that you tried to do and failed. <laughs> tried to do and failed. Anything that you oh, had yeah. fun doing? <laughs> oh, oh, dude. Well, I, um, you know, fortunately, I, I, I had a feeling, I, I had no idea how long we were going to be on, um, in quarantine mode. Um, so I got in touch with my, my commercial agent and asked if I could be part of the voiceover department, if they could plug me into the voiceover department. And so, I, I've just been diving into voiceover and I love it. And it's like a new passion. And even, even this mic is brand new. Um, and I really wanted to utilize it just because I, I never thought I would geek out into voiceover, into the voiceover world, you know? And I, I just started watching a, a lot of these YouTube videos and, um, learning about not just the technicalities, of the different types of microphones, but also just how to, um, how to, uh, uh, what is it called? Properly record something on the microphone and just the technical aspects of recording your voice on the, on the microphone, you know? And, um, also, also I just recently watched this really good documentary called I Know That Voice, which I highly recommend. And it's like, it, it was like a window to how, the voiceover world in Hollywood is, you know, and it, it, huh. it, it, it seems everyone is just super humble and super nice, you know, and they just love to live in anonymity to some degree. And I, I really want to be part of that world um, because it just, like, it, it seems like everyone just, like, takes care of each other, you know. There's no ego. There's no... um There's no uh, uh, cattiness involved. Like, everyone is 
just loves to help each other. Everyone is grateful, you know? So um, that was, that has been what's very attractive for me um, since the quarantine had started. That's pretty neat. That's awesome. That is awesome. All thing yeah. we've done is, well, eat up the fridge. Yeah, the only thing we've done is pretty much eat up the fridge, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> we have not been quite that productive. Oh, yeah, well, the podcast. Though. Well, the podcast, other than that, you know, no. No, not really. That's awesome. That I really think, yeah. Have you guys been exercising? Have you guys been exercising? Huh. Yeah. So what had happened was, um, oh, yeah. No. No. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. And I do miss exercising. You know, every, you know, Gabe and I, we both study Taekwondo. Right. And so every blue moon, he'll walk through and, like, just randomly give me a kick. And I'll, like, kick him back. And then we'll just go on about our lives. Yeah. And we just kind of laugh. But right. I think both of us miss it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that you know, at least at least to do something, um, to call it a day, and that's that's your exercise regimen right there. Just uh, that's very good. <laughs> I like, like the way that. you do. <laughs> Here comes the fun round of questions. The fun round of questions. Yeah. All right, you're ready. Well, the first one is arguably the most important question on the planet: Pepsi yeah. or Coke? Coke. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No. For real. Okay. Who would you like to sit with on a ten-hour flight? Um, it doesn't have to be an actor, right? No, right. just anybody. anybody. Oh, anybody. Um, oh my goodness. Uh, oh man. Uh, is there a time limit? Um, hold on, let me think. <laughs> You're out of time. Oh, oh, oh yeah. You know what? I would love to. I would love to sit with um, John Favreau because I want to thank him for um, choosing me to be part of Iron Man because I think he, he was like a big deal into for me to become an actor and to start on this journey. That's awesome. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd love to meet him too. Yeah. Who would you sit with on a 10-hour flight? Definitely not you. We can barely contain ourselves in a car for four hours. That's true. We do not do well <laughs> together traveling. Uh, yeah, so that wouldn't be. I think I want to sit with my mommy. Yeah, that would be. Fun. She would throw you off the plane. Probably, but that's just, that's besides the point. <laughs> okay, Mark, it's time yeah. to write the story of your life. So, who would you want to play you? Who would I want to play? Bru- uh, Bruno Mars. <laughs> <laughs> I love Bruno Mars. He's awesome. Yeah. Would have the place. Yeah. Uh-huh. Bruno Mars. That's perfect. That's awesome. If you had superpowers, what would they be? Um, I would love to have the powers of, um, oh man. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Because I, I remember answering this question back when I was, like, 11 years old. I wanted to have a combination of, like, I wanted to have the combination of Jean Grey, Nightcrawler, and Wolverine. Is that oh. cheating? That's, I don't know. That's probably one of the most powerful things you can ever think of. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> because, yeah, Jean Grey alone is very powerful. I just want to read people's minds. That's all I want to do is just, like, mm, I know what you're thinking up there. Oh. 
documentary. Yeah. That's, but what if you don't like what they're saying or thinking? Well, that's you press, that's you, tomorrow's problem. Tomorrow's <laughs> problem, yeah. <laughs> Would you yeah. rather go back to age five with everything you know now or stay where you are and know everything your future self will learn? Can you repeat the last one or everything? Uh, your future, sorry, one more. Okay, let me repeat the question. Okay. Yeah. Would you rather go back to age five with everything you know now or know everything your future self will learn? That's a good one. Um, oh, man. I think everything my future self would learn. Yeah. Well, yeah. okay. I'm the oddball out. I want to go back to age five. I'm not. I'm not repeating freshman year again. Well, no, no, no. I'm not doing that again. Then I can invest in Apple. I can invest in. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm going back. Yeah, I'm not going back. <sighs> I'm not. I'm not doing all that again. No, thank you. Right. <laughs> Mark, if yeah. you can only take five things to a desert island. What would they be? I could take five things. I would take, I would take, um, huh. I would take my chapstick. I would take some sunscreen. I would take a towel. <laughs> Frisbee. And probably an avocado shake. <laughs> Okay, but then now you're stuck, and you could just get a boat and leave. Yeah, you could get a boat and then put all that stuff in the boat, and that would count as one thing, see? You get a boat, and you just put everything in it, and then you're good. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Trivia question now. Wait a minute, a Frisbee? Who are you going to play Frisbee with? You're there alone. I would just test the air quality and the wind. being this, being that, 
definitely stay out of social media as much as you can because uh, the whole comparison factor that comes with a package of being an actor can really consume you and makes you lose your spirit to keep going, you know. Um, and also, um, you know, if you want to, if you want to do it, and if you want to be part of the uh, be part of the business, um, just just keep creating and keep studying. And I think what really um, keeps people motivated to keep going in the longevity of of their career is to have like a routine, like a specific routine that they that they could keep going for like at least a good six months to a year. You know, like going to a gymnastics class on Mondays, then having an improv session with friends on Saturdays, exercising Wednesdays and Thursdays, and writing for an hour every morning, you know, and um, writing writing scripts for yourself every morning, you know, and not being so, you know, rigid, like, I have to do this, I have to do this, but just, like, having that set, um, those set appointments, as an invitation for you to do every day, you know, because I think to live a quality life, you should have some spontaneity um, sure. that is true. with anything and everything. Uh, because uh, one thing I learned about myself is that, you know, I, when I started, I was so, I was so, so stiff in my, in my, um, my schedule. Like, you know, Oh, I can't, I can't go to this party because I have an audition for a, a short film at AFI tomorrow. You know, I can't I can't have fun because I have to be in this character, you know. Um and it's and then you just you realize that you just missed out, which really sucks. It really sucks. Um but I mean having said that, you know, you just uh, balance it out. But I, I I I highly, highly advise those sort of the, if they want to pursue a career in acting is to um create a life of what they want first before having acting be a part of it. You know? Good. And, and also, it's, I, I don't know um, what type of audience you have, Dave, but just judging how, how young you are. Uh, wait, how old are you, Dave? Um, 15. Okay. As soon as you can, create a retirement plan. A Roth IRA and just put I don't know twenty five fifty dollars a month if you can and tell your mom and dad to put twenty five fifty dollars into a retirement plan a Roth IRA preferably and um, to to uh, just having financial awareness you know because when you grow older it it it, it just becomes harder so Absolutely. better plan I wish my parents told me about this. Um, but I, you know, I just, I have to learn by myself. Um, and I'm, I'm learning about life insurance right now. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah, but I highly recommend get yourself a retirement plan ASAP as, as young as you are. Cause you could, I think you can contribute like even 20 bucks a month. Right. That it, it, it grows as the years go by and you know, once you reach retirement age, you'll have at least a million dollars, literally. Um, so please, please, please 
start a retirement plan right now. Absolutely. All right. That's, that's good advice. That's great advice. Yeah. That is. That's really yeah. good advice. I mean, I told, I told you that. Uh-uh. So now, now since someone else told him, maybe we can. Okay, I listen to you on occasion. When did you tell Gabe? I told him we, we, we had a money talk a while ago, uh, a couple of months like, ago. Maybe a year ago. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. days blur together now. He kind of listened and glazed over and said, okay, yeah, we should do that. And then, so okay, I'm I, glad I, someone else has told him. So. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, occasion. <laughs> and I think it's probably <laughs> because, uh, I mean, Gabe, do you have a job? Well, No. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think probably because because like I I didn't listen to my my parents at all, and um, when it comes to money, especially, it, it it didn't have any value for me per se. You know, it, it had a different meaning for me back then. But man, Gabe, listen to Mama. Get a retirement plan right now. <laughs> yeah, we can make it work. We will. All right. Uh, okay. I think my final question is, as we are living through calls for landmark change across the world, how do you yeah. see Hollywood evolving? Um, I feel like it's evolving um, very, very fast and randomly, you know, and I think it's partly, it's partly from the speed of technology as well as the social movements that people demand. Um, with, you know, back in 2017 with the Me Too movement and um, also with uh, Oscars So White, you know, just there's a lot more, a lot more representation with diversity. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, you know, just like the current state of where we're at right now with the Black Lives Matter movement and fighting um, racism. um, I, I really do hope that uh, I, I feel like on this, back, you know, years, a couple of years ago with the Oscar So White, I feel like it had, um, it, it had uh, uh, approached the diversity level, the diversity um, casting on a superficial level where it's just, you know, people of color within the world of the white man, whereas to dig deeper and to, to dive into um, diverse, diversifying stories, it would be Hollywood be would it would be better if we had enriched um, enriched stories with writers um, that are of people of color that are of um, artists from other countries working with with uh, um, with Hollywood. Um, just a plethora of diversity and not even just a look, you know, because mm-hmm. it's, um, it just feels for me, it feels a little fake when you just put an Asian dude on TV that serves a purpose for the, a white protagonist, you know? Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I know it, it's very complex and it, it and, and it can dive into some serious territory, but I feel like, uh, and I'm hoping that 
as as uh, as a community that Hollywood dives into the depth of of diverse stories, not just diverse casting. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's a very mm-hmm. good point. It is. Very good point. You have any questions? Yeah. I do. I have one last question for you, myself, Mark. Okay. Um, yeah. What is one thing that you want people to know, one kind of final note that you want them to know about you and Jive Duck? I guess my question is a two-parter. And then yeah. next, what is next for both you and Jive Duck? Okay. Um, what I want people to know about me is that I am. I I love working hard. I love. Um, I don't know. I just I love having structure. Like I, a little bit ritualistic with my mornings, where you know I make myself breakfast, and then after I take a shower, I do my sequence of like these yoga stretches. It's like half yoga, half stretches that I see on magazines or something. Uh-huh. And That's cool. I, yeah, and I it just gets me ready to to be ready and and to um uh, what is it called? I I love I just love the whole process of um of the hustle of you know acting and and rehearsing. I love rehearsing and I love just hanging out. For me, rehearsing is hanging out and. And I just, I love connecting with people, you know. Um, and okay. I, you know, I, I, I get, I get clowned on because I don't, I don't really drink beer or um, I don't, I don't really intoxicate myself where a lot of my friends love to do that. And, you know, okay. they kind of, you know, they, they slightly ridicule me, but like, I just, I love being sharp. I love just living to my utmost potential every single day whenever I can um and then well your other question what um what do, what do you want them to know about Jive Duck well um Jive Duck I mean we okay we we are essentially um we want to bring the dynamic of like what it's like to, to be within a family I've had I, I've had a, a, an audition taping experience in Atlanta and um, it felt very dry. It felt very cold and clinical and just not comfortable. Like the person that had taken me was just not personable at all. It just, it felt like I was at a doctor's, I, I was like at a, <laughs> I was at a clinic in downtown LA or something, you know? Wow. Um, it, it really, it, it slightly messed with, with my mood, but, you know, I took care of my performance, but um, I made sure that every client and, you know, the other jab duckers, uh, David, Dante, and we all have this common sensibility with how we treat um, and take care of our clients. I, I personally, we, we all personally want to create an emotionally comfortable environment in, in our space. Because we, we keep our, our living room, our, our, our apartment like super clean. Um, and we fit, you know, um, professional as possible. You know, so that everyone feels like they're at home. Yeah, um, important. Yeah, and we just we love to help people. We love to help people because it's in in this in this business. It's really not about being rich and famous. It's really it, it's 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 about getting 
like it's nice to have financial wealth, but it's a lot more important to to have spiritual wealth. And the spiritual wealth comes from the connection with the people that you make and the meaningful yeah. moments and 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 the 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 events that you create with uh, with each other. You know, so it's being rich in life with that. Um, and we just, yeah, I don't know. We just we have a lot more empathy than business. I guess. Well, I can definitely say, um, like, you guys are 100% on it because we became permanent. We started out as clients, and then we became permanent fixtures on y'all's couch. So <laughs> you might not want to make well, it too homey because people will stay. <laughs> well, Tiffany, it was it was so delightful to talk to you. I remember when I spoke to you, first time I spoke to you and, and you inquired about uh, like auditions and you were, you were just so open about like, you know, there was a casting director or an agent or a manager that you spoke with and said that, hey, you could be a voiceover actor. And, and you, you um, had mentioned to me about that. And, and I was like, wow, she, she is so nice, so open, you know? And so, it, I mean, it was because of you. You opened up first. So it made it easy for me to, to open up and take care of you guys. Well, thank you. Thank and you. you guys definitely took care of us and yeah. took care of Gabe. And, you know, he, I think after, before he talked to you guys, because we were new to the business and we didn't yeah. really know how what, it we was, what we were doing at all. We were just running around. And so you guys sat him down, you know, kind of like big men to little man. And, you yeah. know, I kind of stepped over to the side and let you guys have a heart to heart with him. And I saw the transition from that moment on his yeah. whole mentality about the business. And so, yeah, I think you guys have done a hundred percent of what you all set out to do is make your, your business family. And I think that, you know, you're right on Mark. You guys are right on the mark. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad, you know, and outside of, of Jive Duck as the business and what we want to create on a human level, you know, we, we can't, like we we gotta take care of each other and and I mean the fact that you're you're so you're still so young age you know like we want to make sure that you you're you're always gonna have a healthy mindset and a healthy approach um, the business the business is always gonna be there and it's it's never um a for, it's it's not a forgiving place you know like it's 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 just uh it's just a place. You know, like, I, I, I really don't think um, it, it's hard. It's simple to say, but hard to do. But to really make it a practice to not take things personally with, you know, what casting directors think about you or agents or managers. Um, but as humans, we are emotional creatures, and we do get affected by what people say and think about us. But, but I mean, I urge everyone to make it a practice of not letting – even for me, even compliments, I I filter them because I I just want to fall in love with my process. I just want to fall in love with my everyday evolution and training. That's all that all that matters matters to me. And of course, paying the bill. But anyway, right, right. yeah. Well, we have enjoyed this conversation. Thank you wholeheartedly. For, Thank you so much yeah. for coming on. Mm-hmm. Thank you for Gosh, being on and talking to us and giving all this good advice to everyone. Well, we'll we have love to come you. back for part two. We love, we love you guys. Yeah.
Yeah, we're definitely going to need everyone on here next time. Absolutely. We'll have more more um, fun questions for everybody and see how they answer the desert island questions. Okay? But you already have one up on them. Yeah. <laughs> I won't say anything if, if that question comes up. I'll, I'll just I'll keep my answers to myself and see what they say. <laughs> well, we definitely look forward to having you guys come back. <laughs> and thank you so much for being on the show today. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Okay, well, I guess it's a wrap then. All right. Thank you so much, Mark, for coming on again, and we look forward to the next visit. Okay, Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Hope you all enjoyed our show with Mark Rojano from Drive Duck Studios, actor, director, businessman, and way cool guy. You know, it was awesome to hear his industry advice. So drop us a line, let us know what you think, and until next time, peace. Thank you.